0: Hello and welcome to Pale, the Hindu's weekly discussion podcast. I'm Prashant Kirmal, your host for the day. Kerala's Governor Arif Mohammed Khan recently criticized the state government for relying too heavily on revenues that the state obtains from selling liquor and lottery to fund the government's expenditures. Uh, The governor noted that the state government was making poor people spend their uh, earnings on lottery tickets and getting them addicted to alcohol. He also claimed that the uh, state was replacing uh, Punjab as the drug capital of the country. To discuss the uh, governor's comments, uh, I have with me today, Mr. Nimai Mehta, who's an economist and statistician at the American University uh, at Washington DC, and uh, Jane Joyce Thomas, who's a professor of economics at the Indian Institute of Technology, Delhi. Uh, welcome to both of the guests. I start my quest. First question to Nimai. Like my first question is the the uh, the main topic of the discussion. Like, uh, what's your view on uh, the government? Actually, do you think like the government should sell these goods like uh, lottery and liquor, or, or do you think the government should like, abstain from doing all these businesses?
1: Sure. Thank you for having me on the talk, Prashant. I'm glad to be here. So, in direct answer to your question: No, I don't. Uh, Believe the government uh, should be in the business of uh, the any of these sin businesses, uh, or for that matter, in any business. But there are some specific reasons when you consider uh, goods like uh, alcohol, uh, reasons why the government should not be in this uh, in these uh, sectors. First, the role of the state is to ensure that public goods are being provided, and the consumption of these sin goods, whether it's alcohol or gambling, are instead linked with uh, public bads and their negative effects impact disproportionately the more weaker sections of society the poor uh, the women children and so on but the role of the indian state also needs to be considered not just from the supply side you know whether you think of the state control over the, the supply production distribution of alcohol or its regulation or even taxation but in the indian context we should bring in the demand side because it's this rising demand for alcohol that's a concern uh, in terms of a public interest concern for India. And if you look at the, historically, the role of the state, at least post-independence, um, we know the extent to which the uh, wide and extensive uh, amount by which the state controls and regulates alcohol, uh, all aspects of all alcohol on the supply side. But in spite of that, There is a rapidly growing demand for alcohol, which is being fueled by changing preferences, mostly by the upper middle and middle classes in India. And so that context needs to be brought into the picture when you uh, want to assess the proper role of the state. And historically, again, the state's involvement in these goods have been motivated by the desire to raise revenue So we've got this problem where the revenue revenue maximizing objective of the state takes precedence over its public interest role. And lastly, uh, if you look at that revenue maximizing goal of the state, uh, many of our states in India uh, are dependent on these uh, alcohol-based revenues upwards of uh, 20% or more of their own in terms of their own uh, share of their own revenues and that's not a healthy position for any state to be to be dependent to such an extent on a single commodity. So for all of these reasons I think the state should not uh, be in in the business of supplying these sin goods.
2: Thank you Jay, your turn. Thank you so much Prashant uh, for inviting me for this show and thank you Nimai for those comments. I would like to slightly disagree here. I believe that the state has a very important and positive role to play when it comes to the consumption and sale of uh, the so-called sin goods, be it alcohol or tobacco or gambling. Uh, one of the instruments that the state has is taxes. If you increase taxes and thereby prices of these SIM goods, people will be discouraged from consuming them. So, this may not happen immediately. So a person who is addicted to alcohol may not be able to reduce her consumption. But in the long run, taxes can perhaps affect uh, uh, a behavioral change, reduction in the consumption of sin goods. At the same time, there is another dimension to this because the taxes thus raise form an important source of revenue for the state. So, there is a there is a revenue side to this argument uh, in in some some experts in fact argue that this kind of taxes are sort of a win-win kind of an intervention because on the one side you get to reduce by raising these taxes you get to reduce the uh, you get to make effect such behavioral changes and at the same time this forms an important source of revenue for the government now in the intent context taxes raise Uh, Taxes on alcohol or say lottery has become an important source of revenue for many state governments. I think this has to be understood in the larger context of India's center state relationships. If you look at the revenues mobilized by all states and union territories in India in 2019-20, we find that only 43.5% of these revenues come from the revenues raised by the state governments themselves so more than 50 percent of the revenues of the states and union territories in india come from financial resources devolved to them from the central government at the same time we must note that a large part of the expenditures social sectors on health education on agriculture on rural development all these are sectors which are of critical importance to the population. A large part of these expenditures come from the state governments. So state governments need resources but they do not have the financial uh, autonomy and with the introduction of the GST there are only very limited areas in which the states can independently impose or raise tax which include uh, alcohol or petrol, petroleum products. Now, it's in such a context that this, you know, that uh, taxes on alcohol has become, uh, has come to become important. Thanks, Riyadh. Yeah. Uh, and my, the next
0: question is, like, in case of both liquor and lottery, I think in India, a lot of states actually hold a monopoly over the, I think, these goods industries, I guess. So, do you uh, see certain consequences in terms of like the uh, quality or the price of the goods that are like, uh, like produced by the monopolized industries?
1: Well, if you look at the structure of control, the state has in India over, say, the alcohol industry. It, it there is a large amount of variation, right? But it, there is, there are forms of uh, direct and indirect control, whether through the production, distribution, wholesale, retail, the consumer side. Uh, so the state has a confusing mix and often very inconsistent mix of control. Uh, and these vary across, uh, States, but they also tend to vary year to year, especially uh, when you look at the way the excise and license uh, fees are being set and changed over time. But yes, in principle, of course, if you have a monopoly that the and the intention there is to restrict supply, you should expect an increase in prices. But you should also expect to see new entrants in the market being discouraged, new entrants that could compete on quality. So quality, of course, does suffer. Uh, if I think, if I look at the U.S. states, you know, upwards of about 15 U.S. states have some form of uh, direct control, mostly in the supply of spirits. Here, 15 states out of the uh, 50 states in the U.S. have uh, are known as so-called control states. And if you look at the uh, the uh, price in those states, uh, in in price of spirits, price prices of beer and wine, uh, there is a slight. Uh, a uh, uh, higher level of price being maintained in the controlled states compared to the non-controlled states. But at the same time, when you have, you know, there's a, the U.S. gives us a, a, a natural experiment of, of sorts because when the state has privatized the liquor trade, prices have come down, though they have not come down by much because the effect on uh, price uh, of the presence of the deregulation of uh, state monopolies depends on what else the state has been doing, right? So it depends on its licensing policies, the taxes it imposes, import tariffs, but it also depends on ultimately the, the shift in the demand curve, Um I want to mention that I think Jayant and I are both on the same page here in terms of both of us, I think, do agree that the state does have an important public uh, good role here to play in terms of public health and public safety. The question is, what is the incentive structure, as he rightly points out, in terms of the state revenue goals and the center-state relations to get us to a position where the public health is being put up and in, uh, in the center and front of uh, of the state uh, role and not the revenue maximizing uh, objectives or the role that special interests have come to play. So I think that's an important uh, question. Uh, my own work has focused, uh, tended tended to focus on the demand side. I think we need to bring in and look at the history of our temperance movement to sa- learn some important lessons from that. Uh,
0: my next question is, good. When you look at the i mean the alcohol industry in particular like uh, i can uh, look at the case of uh, i think particularly in south india i think in kerala there's the example of toddy tapping and, all, and i think even in Tamil Nadu, there's the case of toddy tapping industry where i think toddy is a lot less toxic to health uh, compared to the uh, general alcohol that's consumed today but still that's been banned or i think it's over regulated in a way so uh, a lot of people think that it's that's because of uh, certain special interest groups actually stopping the i mean the toddy tappers from actually uh, you know like producing like a low alcohol content uh, beverage uh, so that it works to the favor of uh, the government manufactured liquor so wh- what exactly do you how do you, exactly do you see the role of the special interest groups in actually like uh, keeping the current you know the status quo maintained mr Nimai? yeah
1: i think this is a important question it goes back to what we are discussing in terms of what the proper role of the state is, because I think as economists, there is a consensus on what the public good role of the state ought to be, right? And clearly, uh, public health is uh, a primary concern, and no one would uh, dispute that. There's no debate about that. I think the question then is, in practice, what do we see? And I think our policy suggestions need to take into account, uh, more importantly, what we see, what we observe happening in practice, rather than just the theory of what the proper role of the state should be. So taking into account the way uh, special interest groups work here, I think is important, Uh, but also we must start by recognizing that the state itself is not a single organic entity. Itself is, the state itself is made up of a number of special interests, whether you consider the legislators, politicians, bureaucrats, regulators with their own uh, agenda, experts, the enforcement side, political parties, right, each of these have their own interests. And these multiple interests don't, we can't just assume that they come together in the form of some homogeneous state of public interest. Uh, So once we recognize that these special interests exist both inside and outside of the state, the net effect really is uncertain. And as you mentioned with the Toddy case, uh, you could have interests coming together in such a way that goes against uh, against the true public interest. I can think of one interesting example in the U.S. just this summer, uh, and you may have both heard of this, this is in the case of cigarettes. And the FDA, uh, U.S. Federal Drug Administration, uh, this summer, just a few months back, decided to ban the sale of uh, e-cigarettes by this multinational company, Juul. Many in the scientific community recognize that as a regressive step because uh, vaping is uh, less harmful than than tobacco and, and smoking of uh, tobacco- based uh, cigarettes. And this was clearly Joule was not able to offset it. These were a mix of both internal interests internal to this to the in terms of the FDA regulators and external interest advocacy groups that were advocating against e-cigarettes. and Joule in particular, but also we have this problem in india where the indian state has decided has kept the ban on e-cigarettes right and that's in the interest of the current view of regulators and against the uh, and advocacy groups campaigning against uh, introduction of e-cigarettes in india
0: jane your take
1: uh, i agree that there are
2: multiple stakeholders involved and we have to consider the impact of any intervention on the livelihoods of all those agents and uh, stakeholders. You mentioned the case of toddy tapping uh, in Kerala. In India as a whole, if you look at employment, we find that tobacco is a major source of employment. So in 2017-18, 3.4 million people were involved in the tobacco industry, of which 3 million were women. So we typically find that be toddy tapping or tobacco industry, these are industries which have been somewhat traditional and therefore employ people who face some degree of disadvantages, social and economic disadvantages. So, any form of intervention on seen goods, be it prohibition, one has to carefully think, the government has to carefully think of the implications that this may have on the livelihoods of people who are employed in these sectors. Or for that matter, you know, the impact of uh, prohibition on uh, on alcohol can have on the tourism industry because it can be a major source of employment that has to be thought of Or for that matter uh, you know lottery uh, the sale of lotteries a major is an important source of livelihood for a number of people in across the country
0: jayen how, how would you see like the, the whole the argument that the, the poor are being like addicted to you know lotteries and alcohol in that case like shouldn't the state actually like like be more active and actually like, weaning people off, I mean, like, at least take its hands off these sectors, you know, yeah. It doesn't have to go, up, uh, Like, I mean, harsh measures like prohibition, at least like, just take a step back and, you know, at least uh, like not encourage these things, because the poor uh, seem to be a lot more affected because of this, Recent growth. Uh,
2: yes, uh, on the impact of such uh, policy interventions on the poor, I agree that taxes can have only limited impact in terms of reducing consumption. Uh, Taxes may be only one of the instruments, is only one of the instruments uh, when it comes to uh, reducing uh, the abuse of uh, alcohol, drugs or gambling or any other other sin goods. It's also possible that you increase the prices but then those addicted to alcohol but at the same time belonging to poor families, they are not able to reduce the consumption the implication can be only even worse for the poor households. I completely agree with that point. So, that clearly brings us to other multiple forms of interventions that are required. I can think of public campaigns uh, initiated by the government or by the civil society organizations, clearly educating people, including the vulnerable population, the economically uh, disadvantaged population the you know the problems of abuse of alcohol or uh, drugs or for that matter gambling in any case i think there is some good news if you look at the data coming from the national family health survey the proportion of men who consume alcohol was 29% as per the nfhs survey in 2015 16 that proportion has reduced to 22%. So, there is some good news, Uh, you know, it could be, you know, at least part of this reduction in alcohol consumption or the proportion of people who consume alcohol could be due to the interventions that the governments have been doing over the years. Okay. Mr. Namai, your take on
0: the
1: whole thing of how the poor are being affected by this American goods? Uh, correct. I think, the again, if we look at the Indian context, even today, India, to begin with, has amongst the largest share of abstainers of alcohol, even today. That is, of course, rapidly changing. But uh, over its long history, if you go back to see what uh, how the temperance movement that started in the 1880s and then transformed itself into the independence movement and, in fact, fueled the independence movement, the concern always has been... Uh, the drinking habits, or, and the impact they've had on uh, the more uh, the weaker sections of society. The, and so if you look at the temperance movement, um, in fact, it was the lower caste and, and tribes in India that uh, ended up joining in large numbers, joining the temperance movement. You had the Adivasis in Western India that joined the so-called Devi movement, uh, in the 1920s, even earlier, uh, almost a decade earlier, you had the Tanabhagats in in uh, Jharkhand that uh, joined the temperance movement and then the independence movement, and all of those movements were directed against the role of the state in pushing uh, alcohol. And in that case, of course, the imperial state. So the poor have always had uh, have had to bear a disproportionate burden of these. Uh, of these consumption habits, and fast forwarding today in 2016, when Nitish Kumar, the Bihar Chief Minister, you know almost overnight went against his own previous policy and introduced this draconian prohibition law, he was also responding to the poor. In, in Bihar, but the poor women house housewives in Bihar that had suffered uh, their household uh, welfare had suffered as a result of excessive drink, drinking on part of the poor. So India still has a, a large share of abstainers, but the drinking habits amongst the poor are stand out. Also, the poor tend to drink disproportionately amounts of uh, spirit pure, high spirit, uh, high alcohol content uh, drinks relative to the upper and middle class individuals And so for all those reasons um, the poor do suffer. The question of syntaxes on consumption habits of the poor uh Jayant is right this the tax can discourage consumption but that there is a uh, you, a there is a regressive effect on the poor and because the syntax on the poor doesn't work directly through a price effect, it works through an income effect. So while the middle class, upper middle class may continue to consume the alcohol that they usually do, a higher, the poor facing a higher syntax tends to switch uh, consumption to low levels of uh, lower quality of alcohol, illicit uh, forms of brew. And that affects uh, that, that their, their consumption shifts to more dangerous forms of uh, consumption. And so that's always been a problem. But sort of looking in in the long-term syntaxes, the impact of syntaxes are measured or evaluated on the basis of a given demand curve. What we are finding in India over the last two decades is a rapid shifting of the demand because preferences are shifting. So irrespective of what the syntax is, if the demand itself is shifting outwards, there's a limit to which you're going to be able to control demand simply through syntaxes. I think, again, you need to look at the um lessons from yeah from the temperance movement yeah i actually
0: wanted the last question to be on the whole thing of is this whole issue then about the the problem does it actually lie on the demand side because uh, as you mentioned when answering the first question you talked about how uh, uh alcohol consumptions are becoming a lot more acceptable and uh, you know fashionable particularly in the middle classes uh, so it's about individual choice at the end of the day right like people are actually a lot more willing to so what exactly is causing people to I mean, accept alcohol more easily. Yeah. So, is this basically a demand side problem? Nima, your?
1: Yes. So, uh, the last uh, two decades, the increase in consumption that we have been uh, seeing are uh, are, there. There is increase in consumption that we are seeing on part of uh, uh, women, on part of the middle and upper middle class and a rising aspirational demand that is driving fueling the rise in consumption of alcohol also the the our own norms of abstinence have sort of rapidly falling uh, fallen by the wayside and so there's no that those cultural religious norms are no longer as effective as they may have been at some uh, at an earlier stage in our uh, history and it's difficult to that is there is this uh there's this social imp- effect of alcohol consumption right so we tend to drink as part of our social interaction and peer group effect so we have to rethink how this demand can in some way be influenced no doubt uh, on part of uh, by some uh, form of intervention on the demand side on part of the state but also as a uh, in terms of individual taking responsibility for the social impact of their of their drinking, I think that needs to be also uh, taken along.
0: Jane, your take? Would you, yeah, would you agree it's a demand side problem? Yeah, yeah, like fundamentally it seems to be a demand.
1: I agree again that the
2: fight against this abuse has to be long term and multi pronged So clearly, demand factors are important. Taxes cannot be the only instrument to reduce uh, consumption and i already mentioned the role that public campaigns public health campaigns can have in reducing the consumption of these goods finally i think you began this conversation by referring to the revenue side implications of uh, you know alcohol taxes so i would like to end my comments by saying that you know Raising revenues should not become an end in itself, should not become the objective of sin taxes. The objective of sin taxes should be the maximization of public welfare and public health. You know the fact that some of the state governments, the state governments have that the taxes on alcohol have become a major source of revenue. The way out is certainly to diversify the sources of revenue for the state and not to overly depend on any one particular source, but certainly not uh, the syntaxes. And I think diversifying the sources of revenue, the states and the central government have to think of ways of doing it. You know, it can, it, it would also mean uh, clearly some amount of altering of the center state financial relations that we have today. Thank you so much. Great, uh, uh, I'm done with my questions. Thanks to both
0: of you, it was a great discussion.